What does it take to become an elite 40K player? How do the top competitors overcome bad dice? The Competitive 40K Network presents Art of War Unbroken. Insight into the game plans of the top players on the planet with your hosts, Blake Law and the Art of War Coaches. Hello and welcome to an episode of what I'm going to call Kill Team Unbroken. This is one of the greatest games out there. It's very underrated and I've been loving it. For those of you who don't know, I'm Blake Law. I am here to talk about the one, the only Kill Team. It's like 40K with less miniatures and it's phenomenal. I am, of course, joined by my co-host for the second time, Mr. Travis Chang. How are you doing, Travis? Hey, man. It's good to, good to be on. Good to be back. It's been a while. You've been doing a lot since we last talked, man. You've been all over the place. doing. You run, of course, your event, the New York Open up in Brooklyn. Uh, what else have you been into? Uh, you know, we hit the World Championships recently. We were able to get Adrian, one of our locals, and to be world number one because I convinced him to go to LVO. A little bit of help from Goonhammer. So he's got the whole run up there. I think my podcast, YouTube, Just Another Kill Team podcast, we have his vlog. So if nice. anyone is curious about what the final leg of U.S. number one looked like, that's on the internet for anyone to watch. And you were playing, of course, your Pathfinders. And yeah, what, was, what was he playing? He was on Commandos. He's like, uh, he started playing Commandos, I think, in February of 2023. And obviously, a slew of buffs have happened since then. Have all That all basically helped Commandos. They finally got nerfed at the end of 2023. But not really enough to really hurt them. You know, losing just a little bit off the top. Maybe some of their most obnoxious lines of, I'm just going to skip playing the game because I will have three people in your face at the opening of turn one. And I'll just watch you make mistakes. That is gone. But the core of the team is still a ton of wounds that you have to chew through. And they all are very good in melee, which is a very good combination. Turns out that feels like a perfect segue into um, what I think this episode is going to be about, which is my intro into, into the kill team. And um, I played commandos and it was freaking rough. So I, I just want to bring it up. So I started out as Kill Team last month, actually. I've been building it. I've been talking about it for a year, and I finally got into it. Um, I went to an event called Triangle Open over in Durham, North Carolina, run by George. And George is just an absolutely awesome guy. He couldn't make it tonight, but um, I highly recommend going over there and playing in Durham, North Carolina with those guys because it was such an inviting atmosphere. I feel like it was a really good kind of starting point for Kill Team. That whole group was just so awesome. We went, they went to dinner with us afterwards. They, you know, in between games, they talked to you, kind of teach you things. Every one of my opponents was very, very, very uh, was forgiving, I guess, because they'd sit there and be like, oh, no, you actually can't do that. Here's the actual rule. So I thought that it was um, a great learning event. The group was just so awesome. So very cool. I, I kind of got the feeling that they're all of kill teams kind of like that. So um, what are your thoughts on just starting the game? Travis, I think personally, I've been a big proponent of just coming out and playing your first tournament like as soon as possible. That said, I do run one of the softer entry points, I think. Like it is a very competitive environment, but if you just come with like six space marines, you play three games in a row, it's going to be infinitely better than you playing one game a week with your friend in your house. Which is what a lot of people do. Like they just don't see other people play. They don't see what they're missing. And until you really see someone doing all of the nitty gritty measurement or telling you like, oh, you know, you are obscured when you're shooting from the top of a building down off the building. Like you're just not going to know a lot of the times because oh. it's very easy to miss something in a GW rule situation because they will talk about something one time at one part of the book and there will be implications that are 
three pages down and they will never refer to it again. I really felt that like kill team's awesome. I'm just gonna put that out there. It's super fun. The entry point is very, very accessible to anyone, but once you start getting into the nitty gritty of the competitive environment, like there are so many like line of side things you got to kind of really sit down and think about and just ton- the obscuring rules kind of, uh, it's a tough one because when you start actually being like, all right, can I aspects that or can I not? You go, well, are they obscured? Are they in the obscured rule or are they obscured using the cover rule? You know, and you, so you got to kind of think about there's there's multiple ways you can be obscured, which is kind of interesting, but it's also makes for kind of a mind twist if you're learning the game. And there's also like the downside of GW using the same word over and over and over to mean different things. Like when the game first came out, cover is a word that's very important because you can be in cover. But there's also a special rule that's called no cover that stops you from retaining cover. And all of these concepts are kind of mixed together in the same bucket, but they do not, they're not, they're not functioning together. Like they don't, they don't overlap. So there's definitely a big learning curve. So just going to a tournament where a TO has been playing for a while, that helps a lot. I, I cannot emphasize that enough. I played, I played probably four games before I went in with someone who also didn't know the game and it was good to get models on the table, but I don't think I learned a drop of the game until I played my first game in the environment. And when, when you go in in that situation, I think it's really important to be like, I don't know much. So when you tell me something, I'm going to listen and kind of, you know, adapt my game because you can't have the mindset like I'm here to win per se. I think I mean, maybe, maybe again, you know, there's a balance. Yeah, there's a balance. Also, I think right now, because the game is so new and we're only like half an ed- like one edition deep, basically, there's a lot of people still learning the game. So the environment, I think, is explicitly much friendlier than right. something like 40K, where the player base has had their army for a long time. P- certain parts of the game kind of feel a certain way. So like those things are a little bit more entrenched. Whereas 40K's, you know, like Kill Team is just, it just is newer. So the player base is newer. And a little bit softer, I think, not in terms of like competitiveness, but in terms of just how much they're willing to like walk you through why things are happening in the game. Right. Uh, I agree. Yeah, I think I think that was a big thing. And um, George was the TO actually at that event. And if I had a question, I'd be like, you mind if I just ask him? Because I'm and and he was just very cordial with it. And my opponents were all super gracious and like, oh, yeah, because I wanted to learn. So I think that was a really cool thing. And I had I think it was a six-game event, and I had six awesome opponents. So you can't really ask for that. I mean, there's not many games that you show up at an event and you you just have great games across the board. So really happy about that. Um, I'll tell you what I played. So I went in wanting to paint an army up and paint something cool. So I just picked six intercessors sort of at random. Like, at first, I kind of had something in mind, but then I was like, let's just paint the cooler models because I had, like, 10 in a database, and I painted six of them. So I ended up painting the six I liked the most. I ran, like, uh, four combat dudes and two shooty guys with scopes. So my take on that is it's probably important to have a mix of at least, like, eight to ten dudes in, in that grouping because there's definitely times you want to take more shooting and definitely times you want to make take more combat. So the grenade guy, he felt phenomenal having crack and frag. Like, oh, man, he was just uh, – he was an MVP for me because he had that ability, and he was also a monster in combat. The scope guy, the gunner, man, absolutely phenomenal. He shoots grenades too, which is feels, – feels crazy. And then he – um he had the plus one damage thing, and he had the thing where he's, he was uh, auto-wounding on, on fives to hit, which in that game is just real good. So that uh, the, the, shooting felt, the shooting guys felt good. The combat, being new to the game, combat's a little funky in Kill Team. So you basically, when you go in, you both just swing. So 
you got to be cognizant of the fact your guys can die pretty easy with that, even if you're a Marine, which is funky because you're swinging and you just get an open swing on people. So they don't get a defense roll and nothing. So you got to figure out, like, when do I parry? When do I not yeah. parry? When do I go full on damage? Because if you don't do it right, you're going to get like your 13, whether they 13, 14 wound Marines just murdered by something stupid. And that happened to me a lot. I'm going to say it like I, uh, I definitely learned my lessons early on. Like combat is not really forgiving if you don't get the, uh, the order correct. It's interesting that that's your early experience because I think many players as they play longer and longer, melee ends up being the more consistent step as far as games go. Because what melee allows you to do is guarantee that you're going to get chunks of damage in. Whereas when you go into shooting, you might get four hits, but your opponent, even if they're saving on fives, they can still roll out of it. That was the thing that I bumped into in Vegas, like I played against Jimmy's Felgor. I shot a lot of bullets, but he just naturally saved out on fives for like a turn. And I was like, well, if I shoot four dudes and all four of them are survive and taking only four damage, like I'm probably going to lose this game. So right. shooting armies while they are good can just get dice rolled out of the game, which is something you can't really control because while there are a fair amount of AP2 guns and AP2 shooting is very lethal, once those guns go away or if you can't set stuff up, and your opponent gets the melee, your shooting operatives almost always just instantly die. Yeah. So, you know, that is definitely something that happens. When it comes to melee, what you're really looking for, you know, for a more experienced player to a newer player, is you don't have to kill the person in melee. You can just survive and then stay there. And then next turn, you can kill the guy and then run off because now that person that's been in melee is a safe staging point for the next turn. So what you're effectively doing is setting up the next danger bubble. Because you could even, and this is something I thought about, like, round five or six in a tournament. You could go in, and you could just hit somebody and, like, be like, I'm charging you, and then you don't fight. Correct. Yes, you can absolutely, you know, shoot someone to weaken them, charge them, press a button on them because you have three APL against two APL. So, unlike 40K in Kill Team, you take actions to score your objectives. So, since you can take actions in any order because there's no phasing, you can shoot someone, charge them, then press a button or you could charge, fight, kill someone else because you charged and fought uh, into two people, kill a dude. Now you have three APL versus two APL for guardsmen. Take a point from them, and then your opponent's just like, well, now I have to somehow clear this dude, get this guy off this point, and now your space marine is uh, rip rare and ready to go. So it can be a lot, and there's a lot of layers to kill team, which I think is why so many of us enjoy it. And you do feel a lot cooler when you're doing something cool in Kill Team compared to 40k, I think. Well, at least on an individual model level, maybe not in a an army scale, you know, with dreadnoughts firing off huge bolts behind you. It feels more cin- cinematic. We were talking about that. Uh, me and my two friends who went with me, we were all new to the game and just showed up and played. And we were all talking about how it felt very cinematic. It feels reminiscent of, like, The Lord of the Rings or, like, one of those games where each dice roll, you almost feel the character doing what they're doing, which is really neat. Like, getting on a vantage point and sniping down on someone or, like, yeah. The the rule set feels, like, appropriate for the models, which is pretty neat. Yeah. Just having Marines be cooler than other dudes because they take three actions does make you feel like a superhuman. And if there's ever a time when you're... Space Marines are outnumbering your opponent. You feel like a, a Giga Chad, which is, you know, not something that you really get, I think, in the army game, right? Because you're like, eh, you know, it's, it's Marines hard. are pretty weak. Marines are fairly weak in 40K, honestly. Like, they're fine, but they're not like, they're not as strong as they should be, like, as far as the, because it, it just break the game. It's just, yeah, it's just hard to, like, scale the game where the Space Marines suddenly are the heroes in game that they are in the books. Whereas, like, in Kill Team, if you can get to the point where you've killed the plasma gun and the melt gun 
and it's 4v8, like eight, it really is like you're trapped in here with me instead of the other way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, I played versus what are they called? The uh, Carsicans, uh my last yeah, round. Carsican. And once you got like, I got a couple of matchups that were one on one with them, Marine versus them, and that felt like murder town. Like it was like, oh yeah, this is this is a superhuman versus a human. Like, and that that's pretty neat. It does it does feel that way. Yeah, you just feel like a Chad. And you know, when you've got three APL, you can walk over to a dude standing on a point who took a point last turn. And you're just like, I'm just this is mine, and then I'll kill you afterwards, or maybe I won't. Maybe I'll just leave you here so that you can you know run away. So I actually have George here. Um, I'm gonna jump him in real fast. He's uh. We got uh, we got George jumping on here. He's oh from... no! What's up, dude? How you doing? I'm pretty good. Apparently, my camera is using my Index headset, uh, not my <laughs> camera, <laughs> camera. This is a this is a VR headset. I don't know what you've been doing, George. <clears throat> oh man! Uh, so we got George on. We got George's Travis. I'm sure y'all know each other through the game, but we're uh, we're 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 mid episode oh, yeah. here. We've been talking you up and uh, talking about the triangle open a little bit to start us off, and now we're kind of oh. jumping into um, kind of. First hot takes on uh, my first experience with Kill Team tournament. So, hell yeah, I can't wait to disappoint. He said that uh, <laughs> melee is actually, you know, not as reliable as shooting. I didn't say reliable. No, no, no. No. All I right. Said, okay. Just, All no, right. no. Well, let's backtrack. And, and what I said was, <laughs> as a new player, I feel like there's a lot of room for error there. Yes, that is true. So I made I made a lot of errors of covering a couple of games going into combat, just getting my guys murder town by stuff that they shouldn't have, and. uh I think this parrying, knowing when to parry is a huge deal. And yeah, yeah. Fight, fight math is one of the harder things to get right because there's a lot of, um, there's few operatives with rerolls and parry first and stuff where if you, uh, especially with brutal or just a number of crits, you need to know when to parry, when to attack, what can be parried. Uh, and it can get very complicated very quickly, but the more you practice it, it's much faster than shooting. Yeah, I, I could see that, absolutely. And I, I love combat. Don't get me wrong. Melee is probably my favorite way to play any game. So um, Commandos felt pretty good at that, but uh, I refuse to play Orcs. So that's where we're at. Luckily, Commandos are good at everything still. Yep. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, just jump. What are y'all's hot takes right now? I know we kind of talked a little bit of my first experience, but I want to know from y'all who have been playing this game for a while, who do you think are the top three armies right now going into like Adepticon and like kind of the summer season. I think it depends on what terrain is going to be played at the GW opens and get standardized. If beta decima does end up being some percentage of the metagame, it will shift things. And I would assume if beta decima is played in any large numbers, commanders are still going to remain like very, very high up there because they are miserable on beta decima. What's even more so than they are in open, Uh, the new gantry terrain with the, you know, where it's you gotta very open. Uh, the only thing protecting you is obscuring most of the time. There's basically no cover to be had. So uh, what's that? Is that some cover on objectives? It's basically the new terrain type where you're running around on uh, a bunch of floating platforms. It is cool looking, but it maybe doesn't play the best. And if it does get played at the GW Opens, I would expect that Commandos, unless they eat some humongous nerf that really radically shapes, like, rechanges how the team functions, that they would still be up there. Yep. Yep. Uh, I just was from... If they go back down to 10 operatives, maybe they're less of a problem, you know, generically, and that... But it doesn't seem like that's what they want to do. Yeah, Beta Decimus from the newest set, Salvation. Which was split between the teams and the terrain. Oh, you don't get the terrain in the box. Not in this new one. Yeah, they they work right like at it. Parts of the terrain. Yeah. Okay. Definitely, they 
<clears throat> I know everyone complained about getting too much of the terrain, but somehow we ended up with a worse way to get the terrain than what we had before. Because now nobody will have the terrain, which, you know, maybe people just would rather not play on it, which I guess is a plus. Yeah, I haven't played on it personally, um, but since I tend to play melee teams, I'm not super thrilled about jumping onto that terrain. Uh, as uh, any like Pathfinders will wreck face their uh, incursors are just going to just mop people up. Commandos are going to mop people up because they can shoot, they can melee, they can stay on conceal the entire time, and they've got uh, uh, climbing equipment, which just sort of breaks Beta Decima in ways that it's impossible to break other terrain types. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I expect that if they don't, if they like <clears throat> keep the terrain as in the dark and open, we'll probably see commandos around the top. Vet guard, I assume, will still remain just as good as they've always been. And after that, I don't really have any crazy horse in the race. Yeah, I think generically speaking, commandos, vet guard. Uh... Actually, I, I, I'll, I think chaos cults are probably still pretty good. <laughs> like on yeah. in the dark, they still get the very polarizing matchups, and then on generic open, maybe they're not as good. But Felgor, still like, Felgor chaos cults, like the melee crazy, melee powerful super hordes. That probably still feels like a very good archetype if we stay on just open and in the dark. And especially if we stay on every objective has heavy terrain on it, which has been a thing that has happened, I think, at some tournaments. Australia did just have Novitiates take a big six-round tournament, grabbing a golden ticket. So maybe, you know, yeah, yeah. No, they were Novitiate. still doing good. And they're if people don't remember how to play against them, they are crazy good. Dude, Novitiates are a phenomenal team. They're very strong. Boy, are they stressful to play. Oh uh, my god! Really bad against commandos. So I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. As long as commandos are where they are in the meta, novitiates should theoretically be worse. Yeah. Do you but, do you think that um, I've seen a lot of hype on Casterkin since the last uh, update? Do y'all still because th- I know they're elite killers. So, but you're not seeing a lot of elite <laughs> armies. You know, you're seeing a lot of the horde stuff kind of doing well. Uh, I believe me and, Ka- uh, me and Travis have both landed on the same place of Kazakin. Uh Nothing about them has changed. Yeah, I still think they're super, super powerful, but people still have to play them in kind of a very specific way against the melee teams, and Chaos Cult still give them issues. Yeah. But I, they're still really strong, and you don't kind, you kind of just don't roll dice with them, or you do, but the dice don't matter. Your opponent just dies. So if you can set it up, it's it's good. They didn't do great at LVO, so I think that is coloring my perception a little bit. Obviously, yeah. I haven't played them, and I don't think they did that well at my most recent monthly. So it I, might be that. Piloting them is much harder than it looks, but they should be good on Beta Decima, and they didn't it's, do that well. They they occupy a weird niche of a shooting team that doesn't really have a whole lot of powerful shooting. Like, yeah, they've got a bunch of gunners, but the the way since they only have ten operatives instead of like Vetguards fourteen or Pathfinders twelve, they sort of can get out activated before they can use their biggest guns uh, and. Elite points make it so you don't have to roll dice, but if you roll very poorly for two turns, you still get diced. Ask me how I know. <laughs> I yes. took them to the UTC tournament that Travis ran in uh, or, <laughs> or middle of January, uh, and man, I went through, on average, 10 to 12 elite points on turn two every game, Yeah, which is buck wild. 
I tell you that it's funny that you mentioned the out activation thing because I played versus Casterkins at your event, and the big thing I noticed this is my sixth game, so I was a little bit more experienced at this point. But I'd rushed one of my guys to the corner because I knew that he had all his guys hidden back there, and before he even activated his plasma gun, it was dead. And it was because he had to get stuff positioned before I could before he could get them out, and I just was able to do like two activations kill. Yeah, yeah. If you yeah. It, they're su- very susceptible to being rushed, rushed down, uh, because they're just terrible in melee, and they are susceptible to getting out activated. Uh, I played uh, a Leander at the UTC. He was playing Vetguard. I was playing Kazarkin, and I just couldn't do anything in the matchup. Like I took the better side. I denied him easy sniper lanes, and I just couldn't get anywhere because it. He always had the last activation, so if I tried to do something, I would just lose my team. Ah, it's so rough. Yeah. Where do y'all see calculated risks when you're playing the out activation teams, or you have to force your opponent to make a mistake on like I'm gonna I'm gonna have a dude stand in the open and I'm gonna make you want to shoot me with something that you have to get out of position for, and you kind of basically have to force them to do something so that you can springboard into a charge fight shoot or a charge fight or a charge pass basically to set up for the next turn. Cause you really, yeah, you just have to find a way to leverage your best operatives on a turn later down the line, instead of playing the, that straight up turn, like any of those mid board objectives, charge pass and wait. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Did you, um, for those who don't know myself included, how, um, how often do you see an update in this game? Is it every quarter? It's about every quarter, uh, yeah. About ideally, every three months has been you know, pretty, pretty consi- consistent enough where I can say that it yeah. is consistent. consistent. How big enough. shifts do you see? Like whenever you see a, a one of these new um, updates come out, how how much is it shifting the meta whenever they put one out? I think every time they update, it shifts the meta a little bit. This one is probably the least shifting it's done, and even that was a reasonably large shift. Yeah, yeah. Like Kazakin feels like a bigger effect on paper than it was in game. Uh, same thing with the chaos cult nerf, the torments, maybe not healing up to full feels like a bigger nerf on paper than it actually was. I mean, their uh, big nerf is that your, your small guys have to kill someone. That's actually their real. Nerf. Yeah. And that does yeah. hurt them a lot, especially because that was how they were winning matchups like commandos where commandos say they're good on paper, but every once in a while, you know, with four dice, you will just hit two dice and then you just miss. a guy mutates and you're like, Oh, I'm screwed. Yeah. Now the model has ceaseless three, four rending and it's already hit you once for two. And now it hits you again with relent with ceaseless and it might just kill you. So that was actually like a big nerf to them. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the torment one doesn't matter nearly. As yeah. Much it, as it didn't really matter. Um, I guess I didn't really feel, uh, the, uh, cultist, the devotee nerf too much. This is the way that I play uh, Chaos Cults is more of, of don't mutate unnecessarily. So I won't I won't throw my devotees at things, even if I have a reasonable chance to mutate, simply because I don't necessarily want to lose out on my mission actions um, unless I like need to gain an activation somewhere, or I need to gain a little bit of melee threat. Uh, but, yeah, so that, I didn't really... F- I don't think I would personally feel that nerf too much. I'd feel it, but it, it is a powerful nerf for, I think, maybe not the super tippy-top tables. Uh, I mean, from the World Championship experience, from watching those players, they do get a lot of leverage out of, like, oh, my default is going into charge. 
And if you fight me, sometimes you lose and I turn into me. <laughs> that's true, yeah. So, like, that is, that is that's a big true. deal. Like, yeah. the, the change but, oh. of, I'm going to use my activations to stall you out, and every once in a while I get a bonus activation out of it, that was a big part of how they yeah. beat the Commando matchup. Which, originally, going into the World Championship, was a matchup that many American players thought was an impossible matchup, I think. Conceptually, they're like, how do you beat Commandos? There's three models starting in your face, all of your dudes die in one shot, and you can't protect your leader. That was what everyone thought. But when you go to the world championship level, players are creating blocks of devotees behind a wall so you literally can't charge. There's no one visible so you can't get a grenade off. And that was a big part of that game. So there's a lot of stuff that gets played at higher levels that, sure, you might be able to avoid some stuff, but at some point you got to make your opponent make a mistake. And that devotee nerf is a big one. Yeah. I don't think Chaos Cults had a ton of players who love them. So it's not like they've seen a ton of play since the nerf. But Felgor, Felgor have now popped up as like that is the melee menace team that everyone oh, is man. like. Oh, I, I can't really believe I can't believe they got a buff. Like I played Felgor uh, after the nerf exclusively after a, their initial one, and I thought yeah. they were perfectly fine. Uh, but I was not a player who charged past ever, so I didn't charge past stand on points and like whatever. I'm alive or dead doesn't matter. If I was charging, I was doing damage and taking models away. So my gameplay never changed. So to me, the nerf only enhance the way that the team should have been played from the beginning um and like now that you can stand and gain one apl like that's actually really powerful yeah i don't I mean, think it was a huge change that made a humongous difference to them yeah i don't think they needed that buff so the audience i think that's listening is going to be people who are 40k players who um you know aren't really in kill team maybe they just kind of delved in what are the give me three teams that y'all think are user friendly? I'm gonna go ahead and say intercessors are definitely one of those. I would go just as far as say as like something like Strike Force Justian, something that's very stylistically cool. And yeah. for any Space Marine player who's listening, you get to use an eliminator, you get to use a captain, you get to use a lieutenant, and you get to use like three random dudes, including a heavy intercessor. Cool. Like that would be like, ah, I've got a pile of Space Marine models. Let's just play this team. And the other good thing about it is you really don't have to think about that much. Everything is printed on a card, and they are cool. You've got a captain with a four-up invuln with 15 wounds, which is just tanky as hell, and you get four extra CP. So you get to, like, every single person shoots on death, or every single person gets all this extra stuff to do. So I, I just played them this weekend. I think they are stylistically very cool. They might not be as good as some of the other teams, but if you're coming over from Space Marines or Chaos Space Marines, it is a great starting team. Legionary, you know, right up in there. And then Kasserkin, you know, if you're any Imperial Guard players, have a box of Kasserkin. They are a team that I've said on my podcast, Just Another Kill Team podcast, rewards you for every layer of learning how to play Kill Team. Like, step one, I learned how to shoot. Step two, you've got some melee operative. Step three, I'm think now thinking about where I position my operatives for the future turns. Like, all of that stuff is rewarded, which is, I think, an excellent team. So, you know, Imperial teams, big surprise. Yeah, I think, I agree with basically all that. Any elite team you choose besides Phobos is, uh, they're not necessarily dead simple, but they're simple and forgiving enough to learn the game and do well. Kazakin are simple enough to learn the game, and the more you learn, the better at the game you will, you will see yourself be better at the game, because you'll do better. Uh, and then, uh, like, Crute is a very simple team. They have really much one objective, which is score points. And the problem is they can't really kill a lot of things. They're painfully average in just about everything. They're just really good at scoring points. 
what do you think chaos wise? Give me, give me just like one or two chaos. You said legionaries. Is that a pretty good starting point for a lot of people who they want to play a chaos faction? Yeah. Yeah. Legionary, I think are a really good starting faction because you pick up six chaos space Marines and you say, these are all Nurgle, which increases your survivability. You take less damage, you get free crits on defense. It's hard to shift you. Uh, and then that is a really good way to learn the game because you get your melee specialists, you get your gunners, you can do shooting, you can do melee, you can do interactions with a couple of objective stuff. So it gives you the ability to interact with all facets of the game. Uh, and then once you get comfortable playing the game, you can then branch out into the other four chaos gods or even um, the undivided mark. And then, you know, corn lets you double charge dudes in melee and strike with a free crit which can be really powerful. Slanesh gives you extra movement, which is incredibly powerful when you want to position so you can threaten charges or threaten move, shoot, dashes. Uh, and then Zinch is just more shooty stuff. So any it, it makes your shooting more consistent. Not reliable, but it makes it more consistent. Uh, and it gives you a little bit of survivability against the teams that shoot you the hardest because you get an invul save. Uh, so... The non-Nurgle marks, oh, and Undivided gives you rerolls within melee and pistol range. So it's like the least flashy, but generally you want to be in pistol and melee range. So like having a free reroll isn't bad. It makes you really reliable because there's almost no rerolls on the team, uh, which is the hardest part about playing Legionary is sometimes the dice just be dice and you're going to stuck with the result. Uh, so once you play Legionary and you play Nurgle and you understand how the team works and you can then flavor it and go, I'm going to play some Nurgle and Corn. So I'm going to get a few extra charges and do a lot of melee with these guys. Or I'll play Nurgle and Slanesh or Zinch and Slanesh. And then you can really uh, take what you learn from the game and tailor your six Space Marines to be really hyper-focused on doing that job really well. Cool. And I think it's a really fun team. What about Felgors? Are they pretty friendly? I <sighs> would probably not suggest that you start oh. on Felgor or any of like the melee or like pure shooting teams. Uh, Is it for the exact because... reason what I said, where people get melee and don't realize how to do the math on it? No, no it's, actually. Yeah. Um, it's a much more stressful game to learn <laughs> how to start playing. Because you basically spend all of your teaching moments staying on conceal and getting shot. Yeah, it's it really couldn't be on engage ever. Like for the first turn, everyone's on conceal except for the one guy who has a grenade, and you just are spending all of your time like, how do I best stand and not get shot? Because the entire goal for all the melee teams, Gellerpox, Chaos Cults, Felgor, uh, who else is a pure melee team? Basically, the the pure goal is like I'm just going to stand and cover heavy cover specifically. Get close to you so I can charge you the next turn and not get shot. Because if anyone gets shot on turn one and I lose two dudes, game's over. Game's over, so yeah. It's just, like, it's just not a good way to like learn how to play the game because you're going to miss out on seeing how shooting works. You're going to miss out on learning when cover is useful. You're going to miss out on you know a bunch of stuff that I don't think is good to miss out on. Because- yeah. Learning how shooting works is super important to a melee team because you need to know how... When vantage is applicable, what are the vantage sight lines? When obscuring is applicable, how to use obscuring to your advantage as a melee operative. Uh, the 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 trick to not being shot is to know where you can't be shot, and you can't know where you can't be shot 
unless you know how shooting works. And if you play a pure melee team, it's going to make that much harder. And you need to be really, really strong on your positional game. Uh, Like, you need to place models, you know, with near millimeter precision so you can abuse the so you can use how line of sight works to just not get shot Uh, and so it it is a much harder game uh to play than say like hunter clade or blooded which can do shooting and melee that gives you the ability to threaten at all ranges uh where pure melee teams if they get shot they're sort of done so if that happens too early, you just spend four turns going, well, I guess I'll try and eke out as close a loss as possible, hmm. which, you know, you never want to be in that position. Right. Well, let's, uh, let's go ahead and wrap up with this a couple things. George, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're doing down there and kind of what your club's doing and anything coming up? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we just wrapped up with the triangle open January 20th, 21st. Um, and we had a really fun time. Uh, Blake, I, I appreciate you showing up and having it be your first big Kill Team experience. Yeah, it was fun. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got a, a really good group here in the Triangle area in North Carolina. Uh, we run, I run quarterly tournaments every three months. Um, the uh, There's also quarterly leagues, 10-week leagues that we run. Uh, that's run by my uh, uh, another guy down there. Uh, and so we just... Every Tuesday, we get down uh, Atomic Empire, and we just sit down. We play Kill Team. I think we've got more Kill Team players and 40K players at this point. Wow. Uh, so that's it, it, it's such an interesting game when you try to compare them because they're it's hard to actually compare them as games. Uh, they're just sort of different. They just use the same models. They use some of the same numbers, but none of the numbers mean the same thing. Like, your yeah. armor save is technically a three-up save, but it feels very different than... 40k's three up save. Having a three up ballistic skill or a three up weapon skill means something very different. You're like, oh yeah, this guy with four attacks is definitely gonna kill something. Like, no, four attacks almost basically never kills anything with three attacks. So Yeah, it it is an uh, a more interesting game. And so we just sort of keep momentum going. You know, we play every Tuesday, we've got leagues always going with you know, one or two weeks of downtime. Uh we've got tournaments every quarter we've got tournaments out in Asheville, which is just to the west we've got a tournament coming up uh a little bit east of the triangle so like north carolina is really popping off there's a whole bunch of different scenes uh, showing up uh and so i've been going around to different places and trying to get everyone uh, in the same chat i've got like four different um like tos for the different regions of north carolina in one chat where you think we talk about you know putting on events and stuff so I'm just cool. trying to grow kill team. Yeah, man. I, I think you did a great job with that event, and I would recommend anyone to come out to the the Atomic Empire store also. Just unreal. Like one of the coolest stores I've ever been to. It's huge and so much space. Is, yeah, it was it was really cool. So I recommend going out there for sure. Appreciate and, it. Uh, and we'll I'll definitely be back. Are you gonna do Adepticon? Uh I didn't know that tickets were on sale until they were sold out. Well, <laughs> so now, from what I understand about Adepticon, everyone was like, oh, tickets. I was like, no, those tickets have been gone for months. <laughs> I actually got one. I'm, I'm playing in it, so I don't know how that happened. I got on like 30 minutes later after they opened. I was like, oh, there's one available. Yeah, was, yeah. But, it's um, also the website is hard to navigate for anyone oh, who hasn't tough. gone to Adepticon before. So it, it, Super it, tough. it's kind of like Nova where you have to buy <sighs> yeah, like buyers of tickets and there's like different check-ins and checkouts. And no, it's brutal. Just, Terrible. I, you know, it's good. LVO this year, you could buy your ticket and it would like, you could buy a ticket package that had everything. And that was, yeah. you know, 
Yeah, yeah, Travis, we'll pitch yours one more time too here. The New York Open uh, over in oh, Brooklyn. Yeah. When when is that again? It's going to be. I think the goal this year is the end of October. We'll be running it at a different venue, which should be larger, and we can take on more uh, game systems. But it'll be the same core group running Kill Team, and I think this year we're going to have the corpse of a dead god for our narrative. Ooh, nice. Yeah, I went to New York Open too, and that was a great time. I had a great time. It looks yeah, like it's a blast. Less room than uh, other places, but you know, New York is what it is. New York City, yeah. New York is my home city. I understand what New York City is about. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, guys. Uh, hopefully, I'll see you guys at some of the events we're doing this year. So um, we'll have to get together again and discuss down the road. See where see where I've landed. See if I've gone from noob to adequate player. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Always uh, message us. We're, ha- we're happy to share our uh, um, experience. I've got a, a YouTube channel, Strom Plays Kill Team, where I've got uh, four videos now up. Ooh. I just put one out uh, two yesterday, two days ago, two days ago. Wait, okay. today's Tuesday? Yesterday. Monday. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So okay. uh, I have a couple more videos that I just need to get uh, a little bit of video for, and those should be going up hopefully in the next month. Um, but man, when you work 50 hours a week, it's hard to do YouTube too. Yeah, you lose you lose sight of time for sure. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, we'll be talking to you shortly. Thanks for listening, yeah. everybody. Thank you. Like what you just listened to? Check out Art of War and the Art of War Down Under podcast on the competitive 40K network. The Art of War 40K.com.